Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What the, in the I guess the Islamic antidote piece I would like to see would be, would be money can't buy you Jannah and like that conversation because, you know, we... It, it kind of can if you if you i mean it depends on what you invest your wealth in like if money is the currency um yeah again it else. comes to mindset isn't it and anything can get you to jannah depending on your mindset your yes. time can get you to jannah your kids can <coughs> get you to jannah your poverty can get you to jannah like all these things in your life all your circumstances can get to your jannah but mm-hmm. get to jannah but it comes back to you and how the you use them you yeah 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 and I'm also going to say, like, during this time, we don't really ask for for this, but I would say if you have enjoyed any of our work, whether that be editorial, social, whatever it is, please share it. If there's goodness in it, please share it, because this is a time where businesses like us could go under. I actually yeah. don't mind going first, you know. Well, no, for it, for it, only because I've got some backup today. Oh, wait, everybody, I've got to do my introduction go salam alaikum everybody welcome back to the coronavirus edition of two cents the world has changed since our last two cents episode where we talked about modern life and how we should go back to basics well now the well that's the end of my monologue really um this is two cents if you haven't heard one of our episodes before this is how it works each of us bring two subjects that we think is overrated and two that we think is underrated and then we hash them out debate them and then leave them for our listeners um, unpack unpack we leave it for our listeners to unpack decide for themselves have discussions do things naffle so i've got to say my overrated and underrated have a theme and the theme is money so my first overrated is um I'm actually going to read a little passage from this book to talk about it. Um, my first overrated is when people say money can't buy happiness. Um, and the passage that I'm reading is from a book called Pleasure Activism. And it's by uh, Adrienne Marie Brown. And it's basically on the front cover, it's called Pleasure Activism, The Politics of Feeling Good. I read this book last year, and um, this is one of the bits that really stood out to me. So I wanted to link back. So there is a, a square word in it that you can leave out. Okay. Um, so she says, but money can't buy you happiness, right? Like, f- it can't. Try telling that to the 20-year-old single mother who, after six months of stripping, can stack presents under the Christmas tree for her three-year-old. Or to the 40-year-old escort who can send her son to university, the first one in their family to go to college. Or to the 50-something grandmother missing a front tooth who gets to enjoy a yearly trip somewhere warm with her sugar daddy. Money buys protection. It buys time off and privacy. And it buys nice, pretty shit. Money also buys food, housing and healthcare getting paid enough to meet our needs and more. Feels good. I'm not romanticizing the sex industry. I know it has risks. I'm just not going to romanticize economic deprivation in the name of being a good girl either. So do sex workers feel pleasure at work? Yeah, because you know what feels amazing? Surviving capitalism. Um, 
so this chapter she actually talks about um sex workers and this idea of like selling our body and how like sex workers are seen as a certain type of way um but how actually they're what's the whole book about the whole book about isn't about um uh, so the the book what what i thought it was going to be isn't what it's about but she basically huh i love them ones yeah um and she draws on a lot of black feminist ideas and she it it's a book that like will push you beyond your own normal thinking because it interacts with a lot of ideas and themes that you know she has a really really unique lens um but yeah so my overrated was um money can't buy you happiness and when i read that last year it really stuck with me because i i just was like actually you know what money buys a lot of things and the reality is that you know especially in this coronavirus economy we've all been become very aware and heightened to what capitalism actually looks like Mm. and how that has such a hold on different aspects of our life and yes we the the struggle always is is that you live in a capitalist structure and you have to try and thrive in this structure but you don't want to um contribute to making the structure the structure Mm. and I think you know actually there's another bit in the book where she talks about which I'm going to link to one of my underrateds um of this idea of like being part of this structure without reinforcing it Mm -hmm. which is really difficult right Mm -hmm. and like Selena you spoke about in the work from home episode how the shaming of uh panic buyers was about a wider structure not about the panic buying and again here like especially I feel like especially for women there's like a gendered thing around that we can't love money and we can't want to make lots of it and things like that we must be the ones that are always sacrificing and always you know making sure that our money is helping everyone and anyone and yes we should be but she she really like helps you redefine your own ideas about money and how you see it in the bigger picture of the world you know what the in the I guess the Islamic antidote piece I would like to see would be would be money can't buy you Jannah and like that conversation because you know we it it kind of can if you if you I mean it depends on what you invest your wealth in like if money is the currency um yes again it comes to mindset isn't it and anything can get you to Jannah depending on your mindset your time can get you to Jannah your kids can get you to Jannah your poverty can get you to Jannah like all these things in your life, all your circumstances can get to your Jannah, but mm-hmm. get to Jannah, but it comes back to you and how the you use you them. Make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting enough what you read out, and I think there's an element of truth in it. I think, um, Sarah, you said something about it depends on how I guess you, what your relationship is with money, how you see money. Mm. I think it's just so complex as well. Mm. Um, and I think the simplest thing I can say is, I don't think money can buy you real happiness. I think no. it can give you moments of pleasure that you can support your children by X, Y, Z from them. But, you know, if you're unhappy about your life, etc., you know, money won't be able to fix that. So when you were um, reading that sentence out, yeah, the moment you finished it, my, my mind just went, but where's the barakah? Yeah, like but the bar for us, like it's about present and eternal happiness, right? A happiness that we won't experience here either. It's a happiness that 
is almost inshallah going to be stored for us what do you mean where's the barakah as in like as muslims we know that we have to earn our money in a certain way right yeah but no but obviously she's talking about sex work but yeah. we're, we're not saying sex work to make get money to buy have you know but the overarching... but what i'm saying is that's her lens isn't it yeah 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 and that's the thing with with stuff like this you have to be able to root it back yourself as a muslim into okay what's the lens on this that then is relevant to me as a Muslim and my higher purpose, because our higher purpose is not just to find happiness in this world. So there's also another bit where she says, um, there is pleasure in money itself. Women and femmes aren't supposed to enjoy money, to luxuriate in it, to demand it. In some social circles, loving money is a sign of capitalist greed and selfishness, Mm -hmm. but feeling good about having enough money to put food on the table isn't the same as hoarding wealth and supporting capitalism, and it isn't lean-in feminism. Getting good wages is the harm reduction of capitalism and poor working class women and femmes are entitled to demand money and take joy in their cash so that's my overrated okay so obviously we're you know a lot of people are working from home a lot of people are in lockdown um and things like that and i think um there's some companies are really struggling with it with the whole work from home thing because they've never really been flexible and then other companies are just like yeah good we know what to do and how to move forward from here um and i you know yesterday i was thinking and i was just like our lives need to change like i was saying to sarah just earlier like why are millions of people waking up every day and transporting their laptop to and from work like when you think about it we wake up we take this thing that is essential to our work and just transport it to another place and then transport it back, right? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of companies, like I think this is, I really hope that what comes out of this is a new revolution of how we work and how we live our lives. Because, you know, I just, I've, I've been thinking a lot, like before the pandemic, I was having a lot of conversations about what does flexi working look like? And the thing that I've had to work on in the past few years is like trusting myself. Cause I, I think what, I think the overrated is, the overrated is that we are all very institutionalized by what work looks like. And we're all, you know, even when I'm working from home on a normal day, I very much do nine to five hours. Like I wake up, start my work at 10 and then finish really when I'm working from home at like 8 p.m., right? With some breaks and blah, blah, blah. And even that structure, like we've never, we don't really interrogate, is that the best structure for us? We just accept that if we go against that structure, people might not understand it or people might not be able to thrive. And, you know, some people like, this past weekend i worked on saturday on friday night saturday sunday night till like 2 3 a.m and some people might be like oh my god that's not work-life balance you're gonna burn out blah 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 but i've had to spend a lot of time really thinking about what does what these terms work-life balance mean like does it mean like because a lot of people will see it as work-life balance is you work nine to five and then you cut off at five and then you've got your free time and you've got all these compartmentalized bits Mm. And um, I wrote some, like, a reflection, and I just want to read it out. So, Mm -hmm. 
All right, as some of us start to work from home or as some of us start working from home more, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to talk about work-life balance. So we talk about work-life balance and arguably you could say that I've had none since midnight on Sunday, since it's midnight on Sunday and I've been working all day as well as yesterday, 3 a.m. But I've learned to respect when I'm in flow and when I'm not in flow, I generally do nine to five hours. However, if I'm in the flow of work, I allow myself to go up up until whatever time I, I want and this model doesn't fit neatly when we have to rush for commutes and 9am meetings so mm-hmm. I'm taking advantage of it now while we're social distancing so like I wouldn't be able to work till 3am and then come into the office for a or meet someone for a 10am meeting yeah um it just wouldn't be productive for me and with this model there will also be days where i need half a day off or a full day off or a lie-in and it's about trusting that i'm not taking advantage and will get done what i need to get done and honor my word to myself um my team and our the work that we do and there is so much unlearning to do and many of us including myself are so institutionalized with what working should look like and perhaps if you're in you know this mode of working from home now like try and play with that model if you can of like what does a a good day or a good week look like for me and i found that the key for me is trusting myself that i have a high work rate and work ethic and i think that's always been my sort of like um almost that worry of like oh if i'm having this lie-in is it me being lazy or is it me just just having some rest because i've worked really hard and regardless i'm gonna get what i need to do done and i think i've reached a point where i'm like actually i have i work really hard and i get what i need to do done done Mm. and i if if anything in a flexi working model i work more because you're in flow you know you're like the quality of your work is probably like much higher yeah 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 um can i add on to that yeah so the I don't know if you remember me mentioning an article I'd read on the independent a couple of days ago and I just found it again while you were talking because I feel like it um, echoes the same sentiments and it's by Gabby Hinsliff and it's called the coronavirus crisis will pass but life may never be normal again I googled um will life go back to normal <laughs> and I found this article and Sarah, I, her endless googling was it like a, oh my god will it ever go back yeah it's kind of seeking uh, reassurance that some of our home comfort some of our conveniences um some of our like luxuries and leisurely time was gonna was gonna come back for us right and so I clicked on this article and as I was reading through it I realized that, that that's not the question that she was answering she was talking about how um throughout the past uh, century after calamities like this the world has evolved to accommodate a new normal specifically in the working environment she says here there's one halfway through the article after the 2008 banking crash some firms of city lawyers or accountants whose work had abruptly dried up started asking for volunteers to work four day weeks and take a pay cut part-time work went from being seen as something only working mothers did to a heroic gesture men could also feel good about when the crisis passed some chose to stick with the new working pattern What stops most people taking Fridays off now is that they can't afford to earn less, while most employers can't face recognising, reorganising the whole office to pack the same work into fewer, more productive days. 
but some companies facing a catastrophic slump in demand are already pleading for volunteers to cut their hours, while others will end up making radical changes to the way they operate in order to cope with the numbers going off sick. I, I agree with what you're saying, and I think we're hugely institutionalised. Like, mm. I've had a range of different jobs, and I've had some horrendous pla places that have had that horrendous, archaic management of a human. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I say it to Nafisa, Nafisa like mocks me for this, but like if I come to the office late, um, I have this like eight hour policy and she'll be like, oh, why don't you go home? I said, oh no, I came in late. I have to do my eight hours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember once she was like, bruv, you own the company. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know it's true, but obviously man's institutionalised. It's, it's, it's that whole thing of asking yourself why five times? Like, yeah. but why do you need to do those eight hours? Okay, but why do you feel like that? Okay, but why is that a thing? You know? And I have to start giving myself a permission slip to leave my own company <laughs> on time. Like, that's how hard I was institutionalised. Do you know what though? There's been so many times in my life where like I have never experienced a corporate environment. And um I remember being I remember taking my retail jobs quite seriously, you know, back when I was at school and stuff. I would have that mindset and I would I, like I still to this day feel like there is like I have to like I have to maintain that level of severity. The part of it is like Sar Sar guys for the podcast listeners, yeah. Sarah, 99% of the time, gets into the office before me and Shiloh, yeah? If she's 10 minutes late, if she's five minutes late, even though we won't know, she'll message and say, guys, I'm just running a bit late. I'll make the time up. And I read the message and I'm like, all right, bruv, do what you want. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, we have, the thing is, you as an employer, us as an employer, you as a, I hate those terms anyway, we work together, right? Yeah, but that also comes from trust. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because Lord, we know. And even me, like if I'm running late, I'll text you and like I've done this for all my jobs. Yeah, yeah. Even, I, like, managers I, listening will vouch for this, but I, even if I'm not running late, but I know that I'm going to step in at nine or two, I'll say I may be late. Yeah, and I, I, th I think there's still a thing around like having integrity and like mm. again like honouring your word, honouring your time because you know what the struggle is as well. Yeah, I think as well all of us like flexi working works. If you have the set set up at home, I could I work from home right occasionally with yeah. the kids and that's fine. He's like for me, I thought, oh yeah, yeah, cool. This Corona stuff has happened. I'm gonna work from home. Yeah. I'll just do nine to five in the room. Do, you know, kids are obviously in and out. They color, do whatever when I'm I'm working. They get it, um, and I have to take breaks in the moment to like you know attend to their needs. But as well, I'm like, right, if this is going on indefinitely, this yeah. model's not gonna work for me. It might be yeah. that I have to work two hours in the morning then a little two hours somewhere else, then I'll find another two hours. But that's in the that's flexi working, and that's knowing that you you know best for yourself for your day for your kids that you and are able you know, we, we are run our own company right yeah 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 i just want to say to any parents that are finding themselves in a situation where working from home wasn't was not a, a norm and now you've got your children at home as well please 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 speak to your employer about the challenges that you're facing adjustments that you need you might not be able to be like everybody else in the office clocking in at nine o'clock and clocking out at five o'clock if it's mm. going to have a grave impact on your home life and then contributing you having a breakdown in a couple of weeks time and i'm really pleading to all the parents to do this because if we do want to 
a different model of work in 13 weeks to come, then what we need to do is re reiterate the design and reiteration comes from feedback. So feed mm. this back to your employees, even if it's getting the other parents, having a little call or a chat with them and saying, you know what, how's it working for you? Mm. And if you are an employee, if you are managing staff, if you are part of, you know, even if you're working with clients, ask them, does this work for you? Okay, so my first overrated is a little bit obvious, but still good for a chin wag. Um, recreational time outside. Um, in the whole nation. Shops and restaurants and modern life. Sorry, I think we need a trigger warning on that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I would just like to put out a little disclaimer that I don't um, take lightly that people's lives have been dramatically affected by the closing of our recreational outlets. I do have like an opinion though on how much they have become a part of our everyday lives. And we can't ignore the detrimental effects that they've had. Having them be stripped away from us can actually give us a little bit of clarity. I don't think anybody wants that to be a permanent situation because they, they do serve us. And it's really nice. It's a really nice part of like a life experience to be able to go out and eat somewhere else, eat somebody else's cooking, um, fund somebody else's lifestyle and their passion. But if we are really honest about it they are mm. 21st century conveniences mm. and um i think having them stripped stripped away from us has forced us to reassess just how much money we spend just how much um, time we spend away from our families how many projects we put on the back burner for the sake of going out i think most people do feel a sense of achievement once they are able to um, fabricate something out of very little and that includes quality time. Like we're kind of reverting back. If anybody listened to our last Two Cents episode, I had mentioned before the pandemic kicked off that um, I thought modern life was overrated. And I referenced um, this reality TV show where a bunch of celebrity contestants. Sarah? Yeah. You know when you did that podcast, yeah? Of yeah. Modern Life? Yeah. Had the pandemic even... No, I had said that I had got sick. And that I was watching the coronavirus unfold. Uh, and this was in January. This is when I told everybody it was going to be like a flipping pandemic and that I was scared for the end of the world. I started my like little, oh, modern life is overrated. We need to start learning how to do things back to basics when the resources are taken away from us, rare, rare, rare. Here we are. Here we are. Um, oh, I feel like you've, you've been handling the um, pandemic particularly well. And I feel you. like part of that is because all your life you've been preparing for it. <laughs> Everything. And so now you're like, it's my time. <laughs> my second overrated kind of loops into, kind of doubles as an underrated. Again, it's a bit bittersweet that we have had to um, uh, pull ourselves away from a normal part of our society and the fabric of our society and that is things like um, congregational prayer congregational gatherings in, a, in places of worship um, religious and community orientated activities and touch points it's a really really sad thing and um, I'm not at all saying that it's overrated that we ever had them in place but I do think that uh, there is a space to be made for um, isolated worship we forget that a large part of our faith and um the beginnings of like a muslim community started in isolation um with the prophet muhammad meditating and spending a lot of time alone and i think that we have reached 
um, a place in our uh, timeline as a mm. faith group where maybe um, having some time to reflect on our deen enforced isolation might be needed like i'm not to say that it is or it isn't but i do believe in the qadr of allah and i think that there's hikmah in everything and it could be if we're looking on the bright side of things that Allah. cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com say hello to a new era of mental health care cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100 online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Even at the, um, cusp, on the cusp of Ramadan beginning, it's, it's not accidental at all that we're forced to be on our own some of us especially who are like living alone um worship alone and um reflect alone and meditate alone and see what comes out of that um as a result inshallah if this all passes when it all passes inshallah how our communities reform reorganize everything after this time away okay so this is quite difficult for me to talk about because I do operate from a space of Allah is merciful, Allah is loving. If you come to me for advice about the deen, that is that is where I'll come at you from. Um, and if you're if you feel like you're struggling, but I watched the podcast. I don't know if I can share the speaker's name. It's Yasser Kadi. Um, yes, it was sent by a friend, so I thought, you know what, let me watch it. And we know that our Lord has ninety nine names, right? and many many qualities and you know Allah is merciful Allah is giving Allah is truthful Allah you know there's so many names but we also cannot deny that there are other promises in the Quran there are other promises and a place that we don't talk about a place that I'm not obviously my kids are around here but a place that I don't talk about I talk about Jannah right so we've touched upon it in the podcast and we've talked about how you know if we actually the body the, the ummah is one body if one part is hurting, we are all hurting. And subhanAllah, like, there are parts of our ummah that have been hurting. I sound like I'm, like, doing some um, live appeal or something. But there is some... I'm just that sister, yeah, guys. you just got to get used to it. Listeners that have been listening for time, I'm just that person. You know, I'm a sinner. I'm a, I'm a sinner. And I'm just trying to turn back to Allah. Don't follow what I say. Just do what the Quran says. This isn't from me. It is all from, you know, these sources we all have access to. And the whole, the ummah has been hurting. Like there are parts that we, and we have not acknowledged it. We have not felt that pain until now 
we are unable to get bread that easily. We are unable to, you know, get access food that easily. Our freedoms are being taken away. The reasons might be different, but it is now where we can actually truly empathize with those other countries that have been going through this hardship already. And coronavirus is just something that's added on top of their hardships, subhanAllah. And we cannot change this condition of the people till we change the condition of ourselves. Like, that's what the YouTube video was kind of talking about. And, you know, we have to reflect on what are we doing to other people? What are we doing to the animals? What are we doing to nature? Like, it, the, it, it talked about, like, well, how are we treating this earth, subhanAllah? And did we think there would be no repercussions? Would we just endlessly just keep getting Allah's mercy? And, you know, obviously Allah's mercy is still prevalent. It is still here amongst the hardship. You know, and, and, and he was just saying, like, this generation is the most nafsi, 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 nafsi generation. Like, individuality has spiked. We are out for ourselves. You know, we are selfish. And some of it is manifested unknowingly even. And I say that for myself, like, when I start looking at how much food that I've just unknowingly wasted, I was like, right, I'm so selfish. But it is a byproduct of, I'm not making excuses for myself, but it's also a byproduct of the excess we have in this world. And like, now if you've touched upon it, like if we do not fix up now, when? When are we going to fix up? If we don't turn back to Allah, when when are we going to turn back? And a lot of it is being lost because we've lost like our connection with what purity is, with modesty is. And I'm not just talking about it from a like aesthetic point of view. Let's Let's dig a bit deeper. Do you know what I mean? Like what does modesty look like in our lifestyle? Um, and it was just a really interesting podcast. Like I said, I always focus on Allah's mercy, Allah's love, you know, all of those qualities. But subhanAllah, like we have lost our connection to Allah on a, in a grand way. Um, and it's just never too learn, late to turn back. And one of my overwriters was going to be reading all your books that you have a list for in this quarantine, whatever time you want to call it. And I put a tweet up yesterday. You've got all this time at home it's fantastic that you're going to read 50 books in a week, but how is the Quran not one of those books? And I'm hotting myself up for it because I put, I'm cleaned up my room. I put like nice books on the bookshelf. I'm like, these are the books I'm going to dip into in the evening. And I'm like, you know what? I have not studied the Quran properly. Like, let me actually start. I have friends that will just quote, you know, the, them people in your life that will just quote ayah after ayah after ayah, story after story after story from the Quran what's the difference between me and them i can read they can read i can do my research so yeah obviously read other books you know it's not haram to read other books like come on now but do not abandon your quran you know if it, it, it will become haram if that's what you're pursuing and you're forgetting your quran if you feel like you have a mental block just pick it up you don't have physical block your hand is still working isn't it inshallah it isn't me judging you or badding you up or any of that so don't come for me with that type of talk yeah i'm also not a politician i'm not here to make everybody happy i can't you know do you know what i mean i'm just no. trying my best forgive me if i've made a mistake forgive us all me sarah and we're just trying our best isn't it mm-hmm. we just want to bring you goodness and i'm also gonna say like during this time we don't really ask for for this but i would say if you have enjoyed any of our work whether that be editorial social whatever it is please share it if there's goodness in it please share it because this is a time where businesses like us could go under mm-hmm. you know alhamdulillah we're, tr- we're honestly Nafu has been excellent over this weekend she has been working double time to try and make some connections and make some things go through the door 
Sarah just putting out these podcasts like we just like wow what can we do she came up with this fantastic idea and we've just like really just been thinking about like different ways of working trying to just continue the reality is amalia.com is a luxury like any money we make off any other things that we make we put it back into amalia to make sure we can bring you that content to make sure we can bring you this podcast like if you're a business that wants to sponsor us please come through drop us an email nafisa at amalia.com i really sound like i'm doing a live appeal now but honestly i'm saying it because i believe in the work that we're doing you know we're trying out here to give good reminders you know obviously we're, we're humans we're fallible we make mistakes we have thousands you know so many muslim women just trying to bring the good word as well so please support our work like whether it's you just want to donate a little money at amalia dot com forward slash support whether you want to um sponsor the podcast come through i don't care if you're individual and you're like you know i've got a little bit of money i want to support fine we'll do that we will be like this podcast was brought to you by so and so a whole brand yeah but just come through please oh, wow. and if you want to hire me for live appeal this ramadan <laughs> So, uh, in the overrated, I've spoke about money um, and how, like, actually, we are all trying to thrive in this capitalist system. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about, especially with all this news of how, like, some companies were ref- refusing to shut, some companies were refusing to take any measures to safeguard their employees and things like that no those companies down people them yeah <laughs> someone's like someone on twitter has actually made a spreadsheet of how different companies have re- reacted and, and you responded. are half your own company if your own not obviously if you run it in it but if your own company is moving like that then boy yeah. someone said that when they do a job interview after the pandemic the question they're gonna ask is what did you do for your employees during the pandemic Damn. because boy boy what did you do um so yeah so one of the things i was thinking about is like even even with this like ability to work home at this moment in time for us right yeah like i just was like wow it's actually mad that especially as a small company who's already lost income already lost contracts because of the pandemic even in this moment like you know, last time I, I mentioned that there's founders choosing between getting sick or going bankrupt. Yeah. And I just thought it is quite something that even in this moment of like all of this stuff happening, we are ex- ultimately the, what capitalism is, is we are still expected to use our bodies to <coughs> make income. Yeah, and I really deeped that, and I deeped that how like we all use our bodies differently, and I I think this is the first time I've really really understood what that actually means because like you know I use my voice to make income, Sarah you use your ears to make income, and you use your voice on the podcast. You know mm-hmm. I use we use our literal fingers, our literal energy, our literal mind our literal ability to move from one place to another like you know that that ability we we use all those abilities of our body to make an income and in uh, the book again there's a a chapter there's a bit where she talks about selling our bodies and this idea of like you know we're constantly finding ways to like essentially 
ourselves essentially use our bodies to make money and like even when I think about like online content and Instagrammers and influencers like they they are literally trying to find as many aspects of their life that they can then sell to to make something yeah and so in the book again she talks about this in relation to sex workers and um the the chapter paragraph is called she talks about selling our bodies um and she says when people ask me if sex workers really choose it i say that's a trick trick question yes absolutely sex workers have agency and make smart choices all the time including the choice to do sex work thank you very much but the deeper question is who really gets to choose to work what about the force and exploitation of regular everyday capitalism unless you have a trust fund or make all your money in stock exchange you are also forced to work and don't be fooled we are all selling our bodies if you sell your work you're selling the body that performs the work Mm. and that body matters if you have a body that's not if you have a body that's not white, if you get sick to stand for 40 hours a week, if you have a body that's fat, that's femme, that's trans, your body is considered less valuable. If that body of yours stops being well suited to making somebody else a profit, it can be locked into low wage, precarious and dangerous work or disposed of in prisons, institutions and detention centres. Why aren't we so mad about that? It's not right. The way our bodies are assessed by the marketplace and assigned a value called a wage at rates we almost have no control over until we're too old or too sick to keep selling them. Instead of ending the demand for sex work, how about we end the demand for profit? Damn. Damn. Hello, everybody. Um, so my second underrated is based on a personal experience a couple of weeks ago yeah. and um i'll keep it very short and it was uh the very um hard pill to sometimes swallow that integrity doesn't pay the bills um and you know it ties into all these other conversations we're having about capitalism and our bodies and profit and what that looks like so yeah that's it from me 100 and you know what the the solace that we have alhamdulillah is that we do it for the sake of allah right yeah yeah and that that's the thing if 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 i can i can see why people do things that are not moral if they don't have a wider guiding compass Mm. of accountability and so i'm very 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 grateful um for islam alhamdulillah alhamdulillah and that's it that's a wrap from me guys so, um, something a bit fruity, something a bit edgy. Yeah, I quite like hearing nature, and I feel like it's underrated because I feel like normal life. For a good few times, I've had to Google nature sounds and um, watch some still woods on YouTube for a while while I try to ground myself. And um, we've all seen those like poems and like short reflections and writing circulating about like. Wuhan and China and how like they can hear the birds for the first time and see the blue skies and like that there are dolphins swinging swimming around in like the Venice canals and um yeah I I think it's quite it's one conversation I've had with pretty much everyone since this has happened is oh wow like look how the world's healing like it, it all is really deep how we're living in this huge organism that has suffered and has been ill with countless diseases inflicted upon it 
and um, we are being taught in this very moment in this pandemic that um, with the right with the right kind of rest and uh, the right kind of restrictions, things that we've really run ourselves into the ground for, um, you can heal. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like, has given us signs. There are signs for those who reflect. And I feel like this is a huge opportunity to reflect is that we're literally seeing the world heal around us and we are hearing, um, we're more heightened to like nature um, on the streets and near the A40 and wherever else you are where there's usually like the hum of cars. Um, so yeah, short and sweet for me, there's that one. And then my second underrated for this week um, is more of a shout out. We've all said it, um, but just a little designated section to big up. Yeah. Um, the NHS and or every healthcare worker, all key workers in supermarkets out there delivering, doing education. like education the most. I mean, you know what the horrible truth of it is, is that actually the people at the mercy of um, uh, those who work in supermarkets. Where, where's the people now? Yeah, where's yeah, people? Yeah, for a long, long time. So now she'll be in the firing line. All these Everyone's... people who look down on these vocations, all of these people who have are now at the mercy of these people and their integrity showing up for humanity effectively. And that's no understatement either. We would literally all be in chaos right now if there were not those out there putting themselves on the line and to keep society at some level of normal. Someone said that within a month, um, we went from calling them unskilled workers to key workers. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's too mad. Everybody else, you know, big up your bad selves. Yeah. Just pick yourselves up. You are amazing, mashallah. Yeah. We wouldn't, honestly, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have any degree of normalcy without these people. There's like... Okay, in terms of my underrated... I'm going to start with, one of it was actually parents working from home and the struggles. Mm. It's not just a, oh yeah, we're at home now, but yeah. that, I kind of covered that. So I'm going to move on to my, I always have lots lined up just yeah. in case. Um, but I would say during this time, like I've seen the hashtag trending, homeschooling. Um, I've seen yeah. people, I've seen screenshots of these like mad timetables, like by, by 15 minute to 15 minute timetables, breakdowns and all sorts. And Obviously, man has been a homeschooler from before this pandemic. And I'm not an expert, but there's, I've seen a lot of different things. I've read a lot of different things. I've observed a lot of different things. And we're just going to say to the parents who are new to it is these are unique times. These are, this isn't um, school at home. We have all been sent home. Literally, we have all been told to get into our homes um, for safety you know this isn't school at home this isn't some unique kind this isn't some like this is not homeschooling you know homeschooling you're out you take your children to parks different museums the rest of it this is survival this is us trying to make sure that we are safe and ensuring that other people are safe as well and what I guess I want to say is have a little bit of mercy on your children in the sense like they are still piecing this together their their life just got yeah some love like their life just got turned upside down and i say this from you know isa waking up in the middle of the night and relaying to me the activity that he missed at nursery like and the thing is when they're acting up and when they're having all these types of behavior at home and you're thinking right how am i going to do this for the next few weeks 
they're communicating with you and I just want to like I know it's hard trust me I'm there and I just want to I guess send a reminder to parents like take your time pace is so important in situations like this you have to have a sustainable model of parenting and if your your children you feel like they're not listening to you already like they're not used to being they're not used to you being teacher mm. and you're there like right i'm going to be teacher from monday morning 9am we're going to do this they are used to being they are used to you being comfort their support um so if it's not going to plan the plan that you made that's okay what i would say is spend time observing your child for a week and I know that sounds really mad, but I'm going to show you something. Show and tell. <laughs> so for a week, I've literally, at the end of every single day, mm. I write down a couple of observations and some of them around like activities the kids have done. No. So, and I just wrote like week one, it's gone into like week two now water plants, make paper, think about how to be kind, go for a walk, um, stretching, painting, um, cooking, Play-Doh, counting. And these are just things that they've been doing. And I've put specifics, like they do Taekwondo practice. You know, we have a little kick about the football once in a while, Issa likes to do that. But your children will actually inform you the things they wanna do. Like imagine if, I, if someone said, right, so nine o'clock Nafisa, we're gonna do clay work in the morning, followed by aerobics, followed by a little bit of literacy practice. And then after that, we're gonna have a little break because you're gonna be hungry then. And then we're gonna have, can you imagine that? Look at Issa's face. <laughs> He's laughing. But it, isn't it nice to do things in collaboration? Now, would, do you, do you wanna do clay today? <laughs> yeah, I do, I, do, I do Selena, but can we do that in the evening because your children are human beings yeah right? so just remember to treat them like human beings i'm sure you're all merciful parents but obviously these circumstances may create a response from us yeah um and i'm just and maybe even like a fear of like i'm not doing enough and oh my god they'd yeah. normally be doing maths and i'm they're not doing and maths. as a homeschooler ignore the online news online noise um you know all of our children are different if your child wants to sit there and play lego all day they are that's amazing that's amazing yeah so take time guys observe your children let them get into this it's like you know when you start a new job they give you like a grace period didn't it to, to like it get out. into it to figure it out yeah is that all right Lisa? do you want to say anything to the mummies and daddies about what they should do for their children look after your kids <laughs> look after your kids Lisa has said um, my second underrated is food storage, um, especially like where we may all have limited amounts of food. Like we are, we've done a little order from um, one of the supermarkets, um, but obviously I'm, we're all hearing people aren't getting what they need um, and all of this stuff. Things are being replaced, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, for us as well, we probably won't do that many external things because it yeah we've got our own kind of stance on like bringing in external stuff and germs and all of that stuff so we have to make the fresh food last as well yeah. so there's loads of little hacks it's about how you store your food um putting things in glass jars um if things have got roots like spring onions putting them in um, water so they actually shoot a bit more 
freezing um, what you can yeah freezing what you can even if you like i had the tiniest bowl of rice left over yesterday I literally like it was probably like three tablespoons but eating it would have been excessive um so I kept it and that can just you know i might just pop that into some sauce that i make to bulk it up for the kids or whatever it is but food storage is super super important at this time um put i've even put like fruits in the fridge usually i leave them out um thinking about freezing things thinking of making things into sauces um you know i'm not gonna sit here and try and be um you know give you those tips you can go on pinterest the glass jars are really helpful during this time um, save seeds from your food, food stop growing things. Why is, why is glass jars important? I don't know, but they just, they, they uh, store food very well. Yeah. Like freshness? Yeah, freshness. If you want a little project with your kids as well, make a bit of cress if you have mustard seeds. If not, save the tomato seeds that you have. Whatever seeds you come across in your food now, just start saving it and like growing it. Even if you don't have any soil at home, you can just get like a little paper towel or some tissue, wet it. I don't know, didn't you didn't you all got you guys do this at school? In the eggs, in the eggshells. Yeah, eggshells, whatever. Eggs it is, are a premium at the moment. Everyone's bare baking things and I'm like, guys, eggs are a premium. How are you baking so much? They're not doing the shop. They are not doing the shop, clearly. Um My yeah, parents so just, had a um one egg omelette together. Oh so, <laughs> so like we made an omelette out of one egg. <laughs> Um, that has been an excellent episode, if I do say so myself. All righty. Lovely it's to see you. Lovely to see you all. See you guys. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.